This is Getting Dirty in Your Garden, brought to you by North Carolina State Extension Master Gardener Volunteers. I'm your host, Harold Johnson, and I'm a Master Gardener in Durham County. What's the best way for high school students to learn and understand the value of providing high-quality habitat for imperiled pollinators like the honeybee and monarch butterfly? Answer, a hands-on project building a garden populated by plants native to southern Orange County, North Carolina. I was alerted to East Chapel Hill High School's garden project via a Chapel Hill news article in May. Edward Cabay, the environmental science teacher, suggested an interview in the fall with the students rather than with him. An excellent idea, as the innovators of the project added a unique level of excitement to the project's description. When the students, teacher, and I toured the garden before the interview, it was the first time the students had seen the garden since the end of the last school year in May. After a tour of the garden with areas designated as wetlands, meadow, and a special area dedicated to different species of milkweed, the the host plant for the monarch butterfly, we adjourned to the air-conditioned comfort of a classroom. Enjoy the excitement of these three students as they share the story of their dream turned into reality with the help of the community. I'm going to first ask each of you to identify yourselves. Okay, sure. I'm Brooke Bowman. Brooke Bowman. Yes. Hi, I'm Julia Long. Julia Long. And I'm Danielle Lossis. Inspiration. What was the inspiration for the project? Well, um, funny story is that the inspiration started 2 a.m. one morning (laughs) when the three of us were at a sleepover. Really, it was a broad inspiration that we wanted to start an environmental club because we just, like, after being at school for about a year and a half, we were shocked at how um, little of a presence there was. There was. Like, the environmental community seemed to be lacking. We're hoping to do several things for our school to broaden um, the sustainability that East Chapel Hill High School brings to the community. And a few of our goals were a composting program and a vegetable garden. But those kind of, neither of those things actually fanned out in like the way that we had originally envisioned them. They kind of morphed into their own different things that we're hoping to continue. So the composting initiative that we had was actually interesting because we were able to coordinate with the district for that. And so we kind of got that started and it had some success early on in the year. And it was just, it was, it was a good program that we had in place. We're hoping to make it stronger and increase kind of that pres- like presence that we had from last year and that kind of thing. And then our vegetable garden, we realized wasn't actually a very sustainable idea. Yeah. It wasn't in That was actually um, our teacher, Mr. Kabe, stepped in yeah. and he gave our vision more direction. He uh, taught us that um, a vegetable garden um, is not really the best idea for a school because it requires really intensive maintenance. And our it wasn't even the most beneficial um, thing to have on campus. This space we have, could be better utilized for a native 
native species pollinator garden. Okay. Right, and a native pollinator garden, the good thing about that is that it's sustainable, and that's our goal through our e-stainability club, is to promote sustainability on campus. Was that club alive when you all started it? Mm, no, it was not. We founded the club this yeah. past year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The biggest thing we've done in the last year is create a community that um, is dedicated to these sustainability issues on campus. It's titled our club East Sustainability, a little pun, um, <laughs> and we gathered a huge presence of students who are interested in our cause um, with varying degrees of involvement. Yeah. But uh, we all do all sorts of other types of outreach, like this year we did some neat um, nature walks led by Mr. K. Bay to observe salamanders in their <laughs> native cool. habitats and um, snakes The marble salamander. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This one is the state salamander, and I think all three of you went on the marbled salamander. Oh, so definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are any other of the schools in the district copying what you did? Or? Well, I think I think it was Carborough High School that started the composting initiative at high school at the high school level, and we were the second high school to do composting, following all the elementary schools and middle schools in the district. But as for the native pollinator garden. I believe that our school is the only high school that, in the district that has started that project. Mm -hmm. So we're leading in that area. But I know that Carver High School is also has some plans. Yeah. I think they're considering an edible garden. There's a, a parallel program at Carver that has a combination edible plant and pollinator garden. We are, one of the things we want to do this year is bring those two programs together in a couple of joint efforts. Maybe field trips, maybe work days. Uh, those details remain to be determined. Mm -hmm. determined. And we have the, the scale and the focus on native plants and pollinators specifically is, is unique to East Campus. Hopefully we'll replicate it, we'll see where this goes. There are enough sustainability uh, initiatives to go around. <laughs> yeah, There's yeah, plenty definitely. of space. Mm -hmm. When did you all decide sustainability was an important issue to tackle? I know personally that's always been a motto I've lived by. I, I am part of a really unique family, I suppose, where um, we've been taught to really value the environment and everything we do. I have a, my mom is a tropical biologist and our home is really eco-friendly. Our own composting system to no air conditioning in the summer, low flow appliances, all of the works. And it's really um, a lifestyle I've come to know, interacting with the environment as well as respecting it. And I, I didn't see that as much in my uh, fellow students, and I really wanted to bring that to the forefront of our attention. Yeah, I can definitely say for myself, maybe my family doesn't have as many of the exciting, high-tech, environmentally responsible things that Danielle has, but I'm, I've definitely always grown up in a family where we always have done gardening together, like that was a big thing in my family. That's how I really um, am connected with my grandmother, and just kind of, 
Yeah, my dad uh, works at the Environmental Protection Agency here in RTP. And so we just do, I've always felt very connected to the outdoors and interested in gardening. And I think that coming to school and not seeing that as reflected here inspired me to work with Danielle and Brooke and trying to create a community here. So, yeah. And so for my family, we had a composting system in our backyard and we had a very flourishing vegetable garden growing up and I was just amazed by how you could start with these little seeds and flourish into something incredible and it, we calculated one summer how much money we saved growing our own food and it was like $300 and for our family that was really impressive to you know be able to see numerically what we had accomplished. That was really great. Quantifiable. Right. Yeah. 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 Sure. Have you all tried to calculate the savings of carbon emissions from anything you're doing, or is that a new project? Sure. There's all sorts of fun websites where you can yeah. go and try. And it's definitely clear that a environmentally conscious lifestyle has big impacts. I know we get our electricity bill monthly and it shows us where we are in comparison to Chapel Hill families, which is a nice visual to show that um, that we're doing our part. Mm-hmm. Sure. So the transition mm-hmm. from you want to have sustainability to now you're needing to gather up resources Yeah. and you've got I suspect. Awesome help. Yeah. (laughs) What part did you all play in working to get the resources to help you? Brooke, what? Sure. So I guess our job wasn't as much the financial aspect of the project. We have, we can thank our outstanding donators. Financial supporters. We can thank our incredible um, team of support behind us. So the Burt's Bees Greater Good Foundation mm-hmm. played an awesome an, role. Yes. And they an, came and visited the garden once we had kind of finished oh. it. We were able to mm-hmm. show them what we had accomplished. Yeah. They were awesome to interact with and they were very generous in saying that they wanted to kind of send volunteers to us maybe in the future. Yeah, and um, I thought it was really incredible that they we're looking to us as volunteers yeah. to help them yeah. in some of their other initiatives. So um, we definitely see a path for more involvement with them, and we're so thankful for their support. Let me just jump in right here because I, th- I want to put again on the record that uh, the resource that these three have brought to this program is community and student body involvement. Uh, and I know I've told them on numerous occasions that knowing myself, I can, I'm adept, I can write grant proposals, I plan budgets, I make species lists. I am not uh, as adept at recruiting volunteers from the community and the student body. And yes, the financial side was very helpful, uh, but equally valuable were these girls promoting the program on Facebook and Twitter and making posters throughout the school and getting family members to come to build in, dig in days, spreading the word throughout the community and really generating enthusiasm behind the goals that we had set for the program. 
without which I would just be sitting on a pile of money and gardening by myself. <laughs> yeah. I seriously detect enthusiasm. Oh, that Commitment. is 100% <laughs> um, what we stand for. I think the greatest challenge was getting other people as excited as we were. And so that was all about standing in front of a group of vaguely interested club or members <laughs> and telling them, let's get dirty. Let's go. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, we're going to be digging around, planting, and um, just raising enthusiasm and awareness of our mission and we had so much and, oh my goodness positive response well what right. did you do to get the cheerleaders interested oh, well, well I think that just the excitement we had generated from our work days and all of those people coming out working together getting dirty in the garden doing all of this stuff together really generated kind of like a feeling of unity and excitement about it. So once we had actually gotten some stuff done, done some weeding, put some plants in the ground, people started hearing about it and wanted to get involved, wanted to have their piece in the garden. So I think that's where we have the kind of cheerleaders tree come in. We have the a French class planted a tree. We have the Bouncing Bulldogs, which is another community organization um, that kind of is involved with our school a little bit. They planted a tree. So. I think that once we had that kind of momentum of this excitement, people were ready to jump in and get on board. So that was awesome to experience. Let me jump in with just an additional comment on that. Reaching the broader community of people that might not already be aware of sustainability issues is always a challenge for school-based programs like this. And one model that we found to be particularly successful with reaching out into non, uh, to groups that might not be otherwise involved was the team or or class-based plant or project within the garden. And that started with uh, Bouncing Bulldogs. And Brooke, I would love to hear your perspective on you guys planting a team tree and how that went, how it was received by the team. Because then what we did was replicate that model a couple of other times with other groups and other Right. You're so, a Bouncing Bulldog. Yes. So explain um, what that is. Right. So the Bouncing Bulldogs is a team program consisting of about 140 team members and then broader community of about, I would say, hundreds of families. And we do jump rope. We promote jump rope throughout the entire world, traveling internationally and competing at various competitions. And so there's a community of jumpers here at East and about, I would say, 10 jumpers came out one morning before school to plant a redbud tree with Mr. Kebe. And these girls who came, they told us before that they had never planted a tree. And so it was a very great experience for all of us. And so Mr. Kebe informed us a little bit about the tree and kind of educated us about how it would bloom throughout the year. And so we planted the tree, and now we can go back and visit it throughout the year. And the response afterwards from the jumpers was very positive. And, you know, that day we could walk away saying that we had done something good. You know, that was our contribution for the day. And not just that day, but throughout the tree's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was a very nice. The bouncing bulldogs have done okay internationally. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. keep track of y'all. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're so. So impressive. I'm hearing that each of you maybe had an interest outside of your sustainability, mm -hmm. and so you've multiplied your efforts, your interest, your enthusiasm. You've taken it to the bouncing bulldogs. Uh, you've gotten the French class involved. Yes. The cheerleaders involved. <laughs> I, I suspect other departments have noticed that you all are leaders in doing something for our environment. Yeah, we definitely hope that, I don't know, just everyone is aware of all of the contributions of our whole school to this effort. And it's great to come back to our science classes and be able to talk about what we accomplished yeah. to get um, other students interested mm -hmm. in pursuing such goals. It was definitely exciting to reach out to the academic community. We're all in um, environmental science class last year. We all took that class. And I would constantly be making announcements to my class and <laughs> trying to get um, other students who were learning about exactly this during class time to come to our events outside of class to see you know, how what they learned um, played into the bigger picture. Yeah, and I just want to emphasize like this, our club, yes, we have the infrastructure of a club now that is enthusiastic about this like cause and things like that, but it really was getting all of the garden ready and getting the plants in the ground. That was truly a whole school and even outside the community endeavor and accomplishment. I was so surprised and happy about the turnout that we had on both of our work days. I mean, seed propagation, seed mm -hmm. propagation too earlier, like all throughout the year, we had club members and other interested parties coming in and doing, getting seed preparation and then like kind of culminating in this like work weekend or a couple of days where we had this all of these people coming out and everyone was working. It was just such like a fun experience. And I was so, uh, I, I oh, couldn't stop sorry. smiling the whole day because I, I don't know, I was so impressed and excited about all of the potential that we have now as a club and stuff. And if we're gonna attempt to quantify these things and yeah. certainly stretch the reach, I think the reach of this program has stretched beyond anything that I imagined in the beginning of last year. Oh, same. But if we were to put numbers to it, were, We've logged somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 volunteer hours across over 100 volunteers, both from the community and the student body, which is not only good for us because we get to plant a great garden and that area out there is just about a quarter acre. And something of that size, I'm always amazed by how much work we get done when we have <laughs> 30 students out there. Mm -hmm. and would not have been possible with, without investment from the community and recruitment from these girls and, and support from our funders that really put us, really made an impact on the campus that, we, that we're hoping to continue this year. How did you recruit people outside of the school to come help? Because I noticed that you had lots of people from, right. were they just parents or were they others? No, so really it was word of mouth mostly and also through social media. So we have an e-stainability Facebook page, mm -hmm. an e-stainability Instagram page. And so it was through these outlets of social media and word of mouth that we were able to recruit members of the community that we maybe would not have been able to reach out to without social yeah. media. It's really it's so helpful. And our Facebook page has just continued to grow and grow over mm -hmm. the summer. Like I get a notification 
every now and then it's like, oh, yeah. someone liked your page and it's so good. <laughs> and our PTSA helped us out a lot yes. by sending out email blasts to their broader membership, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. feeds that word of mouth that, that Brooke, uh, and I just wanted to mention that they've been very supportive of our outreach yeah. efforts and recruiting members of the, long, you know, the community and, and promoting what we're trying to do. This interview will be available a couple of Facebook contacts and potential of a hundred counties agriculture horticulture agents mm-hmm. may listen in. Wow. Now what would happen if they said we'd like to start something like that in our county, in our school districts? Well, we would say go for it, and we'd be happy to give them all the resources that we were able to use. I know we got some great support from the North Carolina Mm -hmm. Botanical Garden in terms of consulting about what plants we should plant, the kind of the numbers, the diversity, and like just kind of like that planning aspect was Mm -hmm. so helpful. After going through this whole process, I think we could provide really effective advice about um, how to recruit yeah. um, a volunteer group of volunteers, how to, how to choose which plants, what space. Um, there's all sorts of different aspects of the project we learned along the way. We'd be so um, happy to grant yeah. um, our advice to any of them. And right. I mean, any expansion of our, of our goals of sustainability, like we would, that's perfectly what mm-hmm. we want to accomplish, getting right. that Some of the spread. processes we use. Yeah, so yeah. Right. Have you all used the soil analysis that's available mm-hmm. well, through the well, our cooperative a- extension? Our, I know our APES, our environmental science classes, we went out um, as classes and took soil samples and of then the actual pot that yeah, we were going to plant. And then um, ran some of our own tests on them to determine the composition, be it like sand, silt, mm-hmm. and clay. We were also lucky enough to be able to supplement the soil that we had with some compost that mm-hmm. Mr. Kebe had in his classroom and that we had kind of cultivated over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was helpful oh, getting them started. Yeah, the worm compost. We do, yeah, like the girls mentioned, the classes do a little bit of in-house soil testing. So we had an idea of what we were getting into. Funding timelines and other things, we knew we were taking some risk that plants were not going to thrive or need to be moved those kind of, we knew there was going to be a learning curve in there and i'm a little behind the curve because i learned of the north carolina soil testing service listening to previous episodes of your podcast <laughs> and i'm already making notes about how we will use that in to to compare the results of our in-house testing that we do with students and that sounds like a a great resource and we will definitely be reaching out when we do this when that T- that investigation comes around from the environmental science. Yeah, you'll get an entire analysis. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so and then they make it available online. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there's, and that's really, from my standpoint as a teacher, the garden is built, it is in, we'll continue to work on it, church and build days, but this year uh, we'll have an, an increased focus on tying the garden into our curricular component. We have some plans for the beginning of the year. And as I build up more of those resources, like the North Carolina Extension Service, uh, we will continue to ingrain what we've accomplished last year into the curriculum, which will help it become. Gosh, you could assign them to listen to. Oh, <laughs> I might. I might. That's. I might make them listen to it. I won't even right. assign it. I'll just make <laughs> them do it in the class. <laughs> just the right one. 
One thing I would say to people who want to replicate this sort of effort, don't underestimate the number of resources that are out there once you start looking out. We were very fortunate that our grant proposals receive funding from the Burtsby's Greater Good Foundation and the Carborough Chapel Hill Unified School District, or Chapel Hill Carborough Unified School District, Public School Foundation provided the bulk of our funding for two different grant proposals. The combination environmental consultant and wetland mitigation firm, Water and Land Solutions out of North Raleigh, uh, were some professional contacts of mine uh, that partnered with us on our educational signage and really, that was really both cool. funded and built our really beautiful in-garden signs. Uh, and they came out for one of the build days and installed them and uh, I have received a number of compliments on them and were really, really, that added a nice special touch, especially when the plants were really small. People at least saw the signs yeah. and mm -hmm. it was a, an indication that something was going on at the garden. The garden, as it stands right now, with plans to expand, covers about a quarter acre. We installed between 400 and 450 plants, depending on how many of the seedlings that we cultivated in the class. Students worked throughout the year to germinate seeds. Uh, we stratified milkweed seeds. We scarified, then stratified red, red bud seeds. And a lot of those seedlings are now thriving out in the landscape. They represent 40 different species that are native North Carolina. We we're very fortunate to have a partnership with the North Carolina Botanical Gardens. Speaking to your definition of native, their focus on native plants and really the plant biodiversity within our immediate area allowed us to draw on a tremendous resource of very, very native plants that come from both a genetic pool and a species that have been found in the area. And we had good hopes that the plants that we received were, came with some adaptation to our specific condition. We also like one more, one more thank you to both the school administration and the school district maintenance department for allowing us total and complete freedom to clear and change and alter and otherwise improve habitats for pollinators on our campus and as educational resources for our environment. Yeah, that was so great. <laughs> the district is, is beginning to make inroads with that particular initiative and it's starting in the elementary schools. Bees themselves, we wanted to establish forage habitat first before we talk about nest boxes and maybe way down the road with some other teacher working on it, hives. So that's sort of a secondary goal and we've talked about it. There's some initial, but we're not, we're not quite ready yet. We're focusing on our habitats for yeah. right now. It sounds like the concept you all have is that you want to leave behind a legacy and the only thing you take away from your gardening our memories. <laughs> that's a good, beautifully that's put. A, yeah. And I think this year, like last year was kind of like about really building up the momentum for our cause and getting those like accomplishments done, getting the garden in, um, that kind of thing. And I really think this year is going to be about building up our club as like increasing that momentum, carrying that momentum, continuing to improve the garden, but also making sure that we have infrastructure in place that our club doesn't 
fall apart when we graduate. Sure. And um, also this year, we're excited about um, the sort of limitless possibilities about places we could go from here. We know that um, sustainability can take so many forms, mm -hmm. and so we're excited to see what creative new ideas we come up with and our whole community comes up with about ways to improve the environmental and sustainability of our school. So I think we're just really excited to see yeah, what happens next. Definitely. Any last comments before yes, we... Yes, I think this garden will serve as a living laboratory for years to come and it'll be great to come back and see how this garden has been incorporated specifically into the environmental science program here. That our, we have wonderful teachers and I think this will be just another great resource for us to use. I'm just so excited. I kind of, like I said before, I want to continue the momentum that we had, especially last spring, um, and just, I don't know, I'm, I, I can't wait. That's kind of all I can really say. <laughs> Danielle, last comment? I, I'm just, with all of these um, wonderful people, I'm um, overjoyed to see um, where this takes us. I am just excited about our garden. <laughs> and I want to I wanna say thank you to Brooke and Julia and Danielle for being willing to work with me on subjects that interest me, native plant conservation, pollinator habitats, and providing the necessary enthusiasm to recruit the students and the community. And I also want to say thank you again to the Birdsby's Greater Good Foundation and the Chapel Hill Carborough Public School Foundation uh, for their financial support. And thank you to Water and Land Solutions for all the consultations. And I think I speak for all three of us when I say that we are more than just willing to work with Mr. Kabe, that we are so grateful for all of his help <laughs> and all the yeah. resources that he can bring to us, so. Yeah, I just, I guess, I guess my better ending words that I am amazed how much I've learned um, individually oh, by this same. project. The community effort came through really clearly in the garden itself, but um, the individual impact it had on me was truly profound in all I've learned about plant ecology, gardening, and just the ecosystem we have here on campus. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think there's so much we can still do to improve that ecosystem. So, I feel privileged to get to hear about your project from straight from the innovators of the project. <laughs> thank it's been you. a wonderful experience oh. for me. Yeah, thank we love talking to you. Well, thank yeah. you so much for having us. Yeah, my pleasure meeting you. My pleasure. If you're interested in learning more about this project and perhaps beginning a similar project in your area, please email Getting Dirty in your garden at info at gettingdirtyinyourgarden.org. You've been listening to Getting Dirty in Your Garden, brought to you by North Carolina State Extension Master Gardener Volunteers. You may find this and future episodes on our website, gettingdirtyinyourgarden.org. Until next time, why not go out and get dirty in your garden?